Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> well, hello there. So wonderful to see you've returned to Oddsbodkin's Curiosity Shop to see your devilishly smiling face enter the doors to this emporium of oddities truly warms my blackened heart. And on today's episode, as we creep ever so closer to All Hallows' Eve, I've got something very special in store for you. I've taken the liberty of pulling this off the shelf. If you'll take a look at it, it is a vintage jack-o'-lantern bucket, if you will. Uh, this may be something, of course, given by the black plastic handle, maybe something that a child who grew up in the 60s or 70s, maybe even into the 80s, might carry around with them as they trick-or-treat through the streets of their particular town. Yes, if you lean in and inhale the inside of this bucket, you can almost smell the Halloween candy of decades of use. But if you take one more last inhale, you may even smell the faint coppery odor of what may be blood. And therein lies the heart of our latest episode of Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, so let's pull out the kinetoscope and take a look at the new film, Halloween Ends. So Halloween Ends is a film that I've been waiting for. It's kind of been a love-hate anticipation because I love the Halloween franchise. I've been a fan of it since I was a little kid on up through the 90s. I, I loved all the stories. Now, some have been better than others. You can't get much better than the original 1978 John Carpenter Halloween film. Some of the other ones have uh, worked to greater or lesser degrees. Then, of course, you have Halloween 3, which is a total departure from Michael Myers, and then the return of Michael Myers, and the Curse of Thorn uh, storyline through uh, 5 and 6. Then you have the 20-year anniversary and the fallout from that with the return of Jamie Lee Curtis. And then you have Rob Zombie's uh, rebooting of the franchise. Then you have David Gordon Green come along and he's doing a trilogy of Halloween movies that to disregard everything after the 1978 original. So you've got a lot of different storylines going on with this franchise that has really muddied the waters and, and has allowed this franchise with a lot of potential to not have any clear consistency to it. And I think that is the, the greatest sin of this. Say what you want about some of the other Halloween entries, 4, 5, and 6 in particular. Uh, at least there was a, a little bit of continuity there. You know, 1, 2, 4, 5, and 6 had uh, a continuing storyline. Halloween H2O comes in, and while it, it doesn't reference 4, 5, and 6... 
it doesn't do anything, I think, to disregard them. So it, it could still work in the continuity of the whole thing. And, and Resurrection, as much of an abomination as that is, uh, it, it still could have worked. But then, you know, that all got wrecked with the Rob Zombie films where they tried to start from scratch and just did it completely wrong. I know there are some fans that love the Rob Zombie Halloween movies, but uh, to me, it just wasn't Halloween. So David Gordon Green comes along, he's going to take things back to the original and just start fresh for a with a direct sequel to that original. So I thought, okay, I'm on board. And the first one, Halloween 2018, just didn't do it for me. I, I look back on it, I think, a little more romantically than I should and thought, well, maybe it's not so bad. But then when I think about all the things I didn't like about Halloween 2018, the Dr. Sartan stuff, because that was just a, a Loomis ripoff. Uh, I didn't like the treatment of Michael Myers. Michael Myers became less of a silent stalker and more of a bull in a fucking china shop uh, like Jason Voorhees. He was less about being the personification of evil and more about being a movie monster. And Halloween Kills continue that only with shitty Twitter-inspired dialogue. But it's Halloween, so I find that uh, I'm still quite interested in seeing what they're going to do with Michael Myers, see what they're going to do with Jamie Lee Curtis back as Laurie Strode, uh, and I'm interested to see how they're going to, to end this because Halloween ends. Is this just going to be the end of the David Gordon Green trilogy of films, or is this going to be the end of the Halloween series Series as we know it. We already know because she's talked about it. This is uh, essentially the end of Jamie Lee Curtis's involvement with the Halloween movies, but who knows? The right paycheck comes along and maybe she might be back for the next installment. Who knows uh, what they're going to do? And I guess it's that air of mystery uh, of wondering what they're going to do with this. How are they going to wrap this, at least this trilogy, this David Gordon Green trilogy, how they're going to wrap it up kind of had my curiosity peaked. And like I said, it's Halloween. It's Michael Myers. It's my favorite horror franchise. So how could I not watch it? The big question was, was I going to watch it in the movie theater or was I going to watch it on Peacock? Because they did, uh, kind of like they did with Halloween Kills, they did two releases. They released it in the movie theaters. They also released it on the Peacock streaming service. At first, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to, it's going to be cheaper to watch it on Peacock, get it for a month, cancel it. Uh, it's going to be cheaper to do that than to go to the movie theater, spend 10 bucks on a ticket, and get nachos or popcorn or whatever I happen to have as my uh, movie-watching snack of choice. Uh, but then I got to thinking about it. I was like, you know what? A lot of small-town movie theaters aren't doing great. And I know our local movie theater uh, has seen better days. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go watch Halloween Ends in the movie theater because I want to support my local movie theater, because as much as I do like watching uh, movies in the comfort of my own home, I can do it uh, sitting there in my underwear with Dorito crumbs uh, mingled in through my chest hair as I suck down a Cool Coors 16-ouncer. No, I don't I don't like Coors, uh, but I do like the movie theater experience, and I don't want to see that go away. So I, I made a conscious choice to go watch this at my local movie theater. Uh, I took the I took Friday, the opening day of Halloween off. Not because of that. I just need to use up some of my vacation time. But I took Friday off, so I went and saw like the 1230 
in the afternoon showing of Halloween ends. And I was in the movie theater all by myself. So I thought, oh, that's creepy. Last time I did that, I watched the movie Us. And it was creepy as fuck being in that movie theater all by myself. I kept expecting to look down the aisle I was sitting in or the row I was sitting in and see a, a carbon copy of me, a doppelganger of me sitting at the other end of the aisle. It was, it was a creepy experience. I thought, oh, this is going to be good. You know, I'll, I'll have that creepy atmosphere and be by myself, not wondering, not knowing what's what's behind me or beside me in the dark. Um, I, I didn't get that feeling, but but the the opportunity was there. So I went and saw Halloween Ends, and I will be quite honest, I really liked this movie. I didn't like Halloween 2018. I, I thought it was an okay premise. If this is what you're going to do, if this is what you're going to uh, create as a, a new uh, startup that happens 40 years after the events of Halloween 1978. And if you're going to disregard everything else and start up with Laurie Strode and Michael Myers, where they would be at this point. Uh, okay, I'm on board with that idea. I, I just don't think it was executed very well. Uh, Halloween Kills was just freaking awful i there is so much i hate about that movie uh it is the last jedi of the halloween franchise in, in my book and i get to this movie and I, I don't know there is a lot i love about it uh for me it's a good movie but just not a good halloween movie it's not a good Michael Myers movie. And, and I'll explain that as we talk about it. And I, like I said, I, I, I kind of have mixed emotions on this because I really did enjoy it. I just didn't enjoy it as the final. And so if this is the last Halloween movie ever made, then I, I don't like it so much. I've heard a lot of other people talking about this movie, saying how this should have been Halloween 2018 and build off build a trilogy off of this. Uh, I could see where that would work, and that would be interesting because while David Gordon Green and Danny McBride uh, spent two movies, Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills, they spent two whole movies saying we're disregarding Halloween 2, Halloween 4, 5, 6, H2O, Resurrection, even, I guess you could say, you know, Michael Myers isn't in it, but Halloween Season of the Witch, to a degree, we're disregarding all that. That hasn't happened in this universe where we are picking up 40 years after the events of Halloween 1978, and they, they're disregarding all of that, and then they spend two whole freaking movies doing nothing but referencing all those movies that they claim didn't happen, don't exist in this universe. So <laughs> that that really pissed me off because I'm like, don't don't sit there and tell me it didn't happen, and then spend the whole time just referencing it and and doing little Easter eggs and and you know information and character drops and and stuff like that. So the fact that they start this movie out and this is really different from what we've seen in the last two two Halloween movies. And, and like I said, you know, it, it probably would have worked better if they're going to reboot the series, start it this way. But 
this is what we get. We've we've got this as the last movie, and that's why I say I, I love the movie. I love the idea of the movie. I just don't think it works as a Michael Myers Halloween movie. So I'm gonna try and be as unspoilery as possible, at least in this first section of the episode, because you know if you haven't watched it, then I, I don't want to spoil too much for you. There are gonna be some plot points that you're gonna get. There are gonna be some things that I'm gonna talk about, uh, especially with one character and the opening scene in the movie that uh, it's not, I'm, I'm not going to give away too much, but I'm going to tell you essentially what happens because uh, I, I really can't talk about the rest of the movie and this character without referencing it. So like I said, not going to be too spoilery for this first part of the episode, but then we are going to get into some spoiler territory. So I will let you know at that time when you can avert your ears and go do something else, at least until you see the movie and then come back and you can listen to the rest of my thoughts. But you start out with this scene. It's a, uh, I don't know if it's supposed to be a Halloween night. It's 2019. So it's happening a year after the events of Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills. Those were uh, supposedly set on the same night. So it's a year later and this young man, Corey, he's 21 years old at this time. He's coming to babysit uh, for a couple. They've got a young boy. I don't know what he's supposed to be like. Uh, eight, nine, ten years old, something like that. And he's watching this kid. And of course, the mother tells him that the kid's scared of Michael Myers, wets the bed, all this stuff. And Corey and him are watching a scary movie. And the one thing that's cool about this movie uh, that I didn't like about the first one, I talked about this earlier, is all the references to all the other movies that they did in those first two, 2018's Halloween and Halloween Kills. Just nothing but Easter eggs and referencing all these movies that supposedly didn't happen. This one did have some references to the other movies. Uh, some of them quite obvious. Uh, some of them a little more subtle. And yeah, I kind of get into that maybe in the more spoilery section of this. But, uh, but I liked how it just wasn't Easter egg after Easter egg, reference after reference to all these movies that don't exist. Uh, but one of the cool references I thought was, of course, in Halloween 1978, Lori is babysitting Tommy Doyle and Lindsay, and they're watching the the old classic uh, horror film, The Thing, the old black and white horror classic. And I thought it was cool in this because Corey and this, this little boy that he is babysitting are watching the John Carpenter remake of The Thing starring Kurt Russell. <laughs> so that was kind of a, a cool little nod to, uh, you know, the original Halloween, which I, which I thought was kind of fun. Uh, that was a fun little Easter egg, a fun little reference to the original Halloween film. But they start talking about Michael Myers and then the kid it starts to to scare Corey by saying, you know, he doesn't have to worry about Michael Myers because Michael Myers always killed the babysitter and and Corey is the babysitter. And and then things just go awry. The kid starts effing with him. The kid ends up locking him in the attic and Corey is getting pissed off and trying to kick the door open as the parents come home. And then something happens quite jarring. I was not expecting this at all but the kid accidentally dies and it just it felt like it came out of left field and, and not in a bad way it was shocking it was jarring it was 
dark and disturbing. And I thought, as soon as this scene happens, I'm like, one, this is a great scene. This scene is better than 99% of the scenes in the previous two Halloween films as far as uh, chills and horror and just this is some effed up stuff. It was fantastic. And I thought, okay, this is different. This movie is going to be different. And I wasn't wrong in that regard. I mean, this was a different movie from the previous two Halloweens. Uh, and, and in a good way. Maybe ill-timed and maybe ill-placed in this trilogy of movies. But it was different all the same. And then you go straight from that into the title sequence, which uh, there's kind of a, a nice nod to the fact that this is a different kind of movie in the fact that they use the same font for the Halloween title. Uh, they use the font they used in Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, which was a different film. It was different from Halloween's 1 and 2 because it didn't have Michael Myers. It was a different direction. And I, I think they did that on purpose. Uh, they used the same font and, uh, you know, they made the blue instead of orange, the, the title Halloween, uh, which I, which I thought was an interesting visual representation that this was a different type of movie than we saw in Halloween 2018. And and Halloween kills. And I also liked the 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 pumpkin they had. You know, they always have, or at least most times, they have a pumpkin with the Halloween, in this case, Halloween Ends title. And I like this where it was uh, pumpkins coming out of and busting through pumpkins. It was just a continuation. I wasn't sure if I liked the multiple pumpkins from uh, Halloween Kills. I don't know if I liked that, but I think this worked on a, a creepy level. And it was, it was very unnerving to see these different pumpkins busting out of each other and then you get a, a plain pumpkin it was i, I kind of liked that opening title sequence uh this go around so we go into the rest of this movie where we've got Corey. this is like a few years later uh that happened in 2019 it's 2022 i'm guessing in the movie uh Corey's what 24 now 25 and he's kind of like the town pariah. Everybody looks at him as that guy that killed the kid he was babysitting. Even though it was an accident, even though he, you know, there was no malice, it, it, it was all just a horrible accident and a horrible situation gone horribly wrong. But the town is very unforgiving of that. And and they kind of allude to that. Uh, Laurie Strode does this voiceover at the beginning of the movie where it talks about how Haddonfield has been affected by Michael. Myers and you know people hurting themselves hurting one another uh, just the town is not processing the events of Michael Myers from 78 all the way through the events of 2018 uh, they're not processing it very well and they're constantly with Michael Myers on the loose you know they never found him after the events of Halloween kills so he's still at large uh, everybody's looking for Michael Myers in in general but they're also looking for a scapegoat for, for all the horrible things that have happened in this town. They're looking for their new boogeyman. And a lot of times in the present of this movie, that is Corey. Uh, sometimes it's still Lori to a degree because, you know, she never finished the job. She, she goaded Michael along and goaded him back into uh, being the 
the monster that he is, and she didn't finish the job. You have one character, eventually, that quite literally says that to her. But we have uh, Lori, who is, of course, played by the incomparable Jamie Lee Curtis. She's kind of got her life back together. She's not, you know, living as a hermit anymore. You know, her daughter, uh, played by Judy Greer, um, shit, what was her name? Karen. Uh, she died at the end of Halloween Kills, and she's now living with her granddaughter, Allison, uh, played by uh, Andy Matichak. And they're just they're just living life in Haddonfield, trying to get along. It's funny because Jamie Lee Curtis goes from Laurie Strode from Halloween 2018, where she's all dressed in denim, and she's got the long stringy hair, and she's shotgun token, and she's badass. She goes from, from that Laurie Strode to Halloween Ends version of Laurie Strode looks like Jamie Lee Curtis as uh, Nora Crank from Christmas with the Cranks. Uh, she's wearing like an outfit that is very reminiscent of that character from Christmas with the Cranks. And she's burning pumpkin pies and and she's just living the, the normal domestic life. She has a chance encounter with the Corey character and essentially introduces... Corey to her granddaughter, Allison, and Allison and Corey, uh, suspiciously quick, uh, you know, fall into an intense relationship. And just as suspiciously quick, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, Lori Strode, uh, starts to have doubts as to how good a person this Corey might be. Uh, maybe, maybe he reminds her, at least in the eyes of somebody she used to know. And then things kind of escalate from there. So that's, that's as much as I really want to talk about the plot in general for this non-spoilery section. I know I told you a bit, but I, I try not to go into too much detail. But I, I do want to talk about these, these main characters because uh, I think one of the smart things that they did with Halloween Ends that... Uh, David Gordon Green and Danny McBride just couldn't help themselves with Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills is that there was, Jesus, there were so many freaking characters in both of those movies. And they really used a little bit of self-editing and pared back the cast. I mean, there's there's a lot of people you meet, uh, but there's nobody that really gets much screen time. They do bring back Kyle Richards as the Lindy, Lindsay Wallace character, but only for a couple brief scenes. She's not focused on as much as she was in Halloween Kills. But for the most part of this movie, same with Will Patton. Will Patton uh, makes a reappearance in this movie, but just... Uh, a couple scenes with Laurie Strode that really didn't have much to do with the the action and the plot of the movie. Uh, so it was nice to see him. Maybe I wish we could have seen a little more because, you know, Will Patton's such a, a good actor. It's always nice to see him show up in things. But for the most part, you are with Laurie Strode, Allison, and Corey throughout the bulk of this movie. So those are the, really the three actors that I want to talk about. One of the things I really liked about uh, Jamie Lee Curtis' portrayal in this because uh, she does a good job of playing that kind of borderline insane, that Captain Ahab style of obsessiveness that she had in the, the first Halloween uh reboot uh, of course the 2018 halloween she was kind of chasing that white whale that was michael myers uh in halloween kills she kind of got sidelined for that whole thing and and she spent most of that movie in the freaking hospital which was uh it was lame 
I mean, she spent most of the time in the hospital in Halloween 2, but still managed to be a part of the plot. So I, I was really disappointed about that. So to see her back front and center was was fun. And to be able to see her play Laurie Strode as just a normal person again, a la the first part of the original 78 Halloween, was nice. As much as I joke around about her looking from like Nora from Christmas with the Cranks, it, it was fun to see Laurie Strode just living a normal life having a family again, uh, living in a regular house with her granddaughter. Uh, that was fun. And then to kind of see her go back into that obsessiveness of of chasing Michael Myers was was interesting. And, and Laurie Strode has been, it's been such a fun thing to see her show up in the Halloween movies again because, you know, we had her in the first two and then, of course, Season of the Witch didn't have anything to do with Michael Myers or Laurie Strode other than the first uh yeah the first halloween movie one of the halloween movies playing on a tv in the background but uh she wasn't in four five six uh even though she was referenced uh she wasn't in those and then to see her back for h2 and resurrection was cool and then to see her back in this capacity uh, in the David Gordon Green Halloweens. I think that was probably one, like the one thing that really kind of worked about this uh, rebooting of the franchise is Jamie Lee Curtis's involvement in it. And that's one of the things that, uh, well, I don't like Halloween 2018 or Halloween Kills. I, I actually hate Halloween Kills. Uh, the best parts about those movies are the fact that Jamie Lee Curtis is in them as Laurie Strode. And, and I like the direction they went with her character in these movies. And I like how in the first movie, especially maybe uh, to a lesser degree in the second movie, because that became all about the Twitter hashtag evil dies tonight. Uh, they, they dealt a lot with the PTSD of, of her encounter with Michael Myers in 78. Uh, they dealt with that. They dealt with her alcoholism, which was an interesting care aspects of her character that, that I, I enjoyed that they dove into that a little bit. You see real consequences for the things that happened to her in 1978. You really didn't get so much of that because I didn't really focus on Lori in Halloween kills. But in this movie, uh, you know, she's kind of, she's back to a good place, but the PTSD stuff, the alcoholism stuff, uh, kind of shows up later once she gets back into that Captain Ahab chasing the white whale mentality. So that's what makes it like one of the saving graces of the David Gordon Green Halloween films is the fact that Jamie Lee Curtis is in it as Laurie Strode and they and they made the character enjoyable and you empathize with this character and you're interested in this character, which is, you know, uh, like Halloween Kills had a shit ton of people in it. I just didn't care about any of them. They made the Tommy Doyle character so unlikable with all that evil dies tonight bullshit. It just it was sad because you know Tommy Doyle's the the cute kid in the first one that's being terrorized by uh, bullies and 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 is terrorized by Michael Myers and then uh, you feel for him. Uh, they bring him back in Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers, Halloween 6, and Paul Rudd plays Tommy Doyle. And who who doesn't like Paul Rudd? Uh, but, but he was a very likable, very empathetic character that also, you know, they played into his PTSD. Uh, I don't think they really called it that back then. Uh, but, you know, he... he had his own PTSD uh, demons to deal with. And and they played into that. And he was a very likable, sympathetic character. And then they go in this 
Halloween kills and just destroy any compassion or caring that you have for the Tommy Doyle character. And they did that for a lot of characters in Halloween Kills. So the one thing I really dug about this movie is one, they pared down the cast. Uh, so the people that you are focusing on, Lori, Allison, and Corey, they give you enough time to, to get to know them that you do care about all these characters. And the Allison character, you know, we, we meet her again and she's, she's working as a nurse. Uh, she's living with her grandmother, kind of helping take care of her and make sure she's on the straight and narrow, not drinking, not giving in to the, the obsession over Michael Myers. And she meets this guy, Corey, who is kind of broken like her because she went through some shit with her uh, run-in with Michael Myers in, in Halloween uh, 2018 and Halloween Kills. Michael killed both of her parents. So she has her own uh, stress to deal with and her own demons to deal with. And she meets a guy in in the little hospital, Haddonfield Hospital, that uh, is broken like her. And I think there's an... Uh, an automatic attraction and an automatic interest in one another. Now, it does seem sus suspiciously fast. Um, it does seem like they are, they become like, I heard a lot of, a lot of people refer to them as natural born killers. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if I'd go that far, but they become intensely involved very quick. Uh, maybe there are some scenes, some cut scenes that, that maybe kind of eased us a little more into the relationship, but they may have cut, hit the cutting room floor. I mean, the movie is about two hours long, so, you know, maybe they, they cut some of that stuff for time, but I really like Andy Matichak as Allison. She is, uh, she's a, a good young actress who, if they were going to continue the Halloween series, I, I almost would enjoy if she kind of took the Laurie Strode role and and became kind of maybe not the face of the franchise. Michael Myers is always going to be the face of the franchise, but the the final girl of the franchise uh, because I really liked her performance. Uh, she's a very likable character, uh, and the Allison character is very likable. You empathize with her, and Andy Matichak really kind of embodies that that empathy that you feel for her. She's a very caring and kind person she's she's taken this Corey uh into her life when nobody else will like i said he's the town pariah and she's compassionate and caring and is not looking at the the sins and the mistakes of his past she's looking at who he is now and and that's the type of person that you root for so i really dug that aspect of the allison character and why uh she wasn't really utilized very well, I think, in the first two. But I thought they did this character right in this third one. And then you've got the man of the hour, Rowan Campbell, who plays Corey Cunningham. Uh, he is the the only real... Well, not only new character, but he is the the only new main character that we're introduced in this movie. And uh, I... I liked his performance. I like the character. Uh, of course, he's the babysitter at the beginning that accidentally kills the the kitty's babysitting. Like I said, town pariah. He's being picked on by everybody from adults all the way down to 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 band nerds that are apparently bullying people like jocks would in, 19, in a 1980s movie. <laughs> when did when did band kids 
get so hard? That's that's what I'd like to know. But uh, but he's picked on by the band nerds because he won't they, he won't buy them alcohol at the convenience store. Uh, this kid gives you a lot of reasons to empathize with him, and Rowan Campbell embodies that. And I, I wasn't one hundred percent familiar with his work. Uh, I know he's done a few things. Uh, but nothing I've really watched. I know he's on that new Hardy Boys series. He's in an episode of the new Snowpiercer series, the 100, a couple episodes of that, iZombie. Uh, he's been in a few things. He was in Supernatural, Once Upon a Time, a lot of horror and fantasy television. He's he's made appearances in those, but it's just nothing I remember, nothing that stood out to me. A lot of those things I haven't watched. Uh, you know, I haven't watched him in the Hardy Boys or I haven't watched the Snowpiercer. Uh, or I Zombie, but but the things I have watched, I just don't remember him. But but he did a really good job with this performance because, like I said, he he was very empathetic. You know, you you felt like this is a good guy. He just fell on some hard luck, and somebody died in a horrific accident that was maybe maybe partly his fault, but but not really. And you just feel bad for this kid. It felt very much like Arnie. In Christine, uh, you know, Arnie's not a bad kid, but when he gets involved with Christine, uh, he just starts to change and he starts to get darker. And Rowan Campbell plays this Corey Cunningham. Uh, and, and I find it funny because Arnie in Christine is Arnie Cunningham. So there's, there's some definite parallels there, but he gets involved with another kind of darkness, the darkness of this town of Haddonfield. This town of Haddonfield has been haunted by the specter of Michael Myers and has caused people to treat him horribly like the town pariah, like the new boogeyman. He, you know, I'm sure kind of feels like he's thought of as the new Michael Myers because he he killed a kid on Halloween or around Halloween, if you will. And it kind of leans into like one of the big themes, I think, of this movie is how are monsters created? Are monsters, have they always been monsters or are they pushed to a point where a uh, switch is flipped and the lights go out and there's only the darkness and that's when the monster is born and you kind of really dive into that whole idea of what makes a monster was Corey cunningham always a monster did he always have a monster inside of him or did that monster come out when he accidentally killed the kid he was babysitting? Did that monster start to come out after he started being bullied and terrorized by this town of, of people that are supposed to be, you know, we always hear it takes a village. Well, this village turned on one of their own. And did that create the monster? And there's an interesting scene with the father of the kid that, uh, that Corey killed. And he talked about how their kid's babysitter, the, the kid that cut their lawn, didn't kill their son. But when he sees him now, there's a, a darkness in his eyes or, or something to that effect. And it, it just opens up a lot, of, a lot of interesting dialogue and thought processes that kind of lean into that. What, what does make a monster? What does make a killer? What, uh, what pushes somebody uh, past the courtesy line? And into that dark realm where 
a body is able to do horrible, unspeakable things. It just, it, it really, I think, is a, a great starting point for that conversation. Now, I probably said a little more about the movie than I initially planned in this uh, unspoilery section. I've tried, like I said, I've tried not to give too much detail and speak in broader strokes, uh, but I do want to get into some more spoilery stuff. So, this is probably where I'm going to cut it off. Uh, I, I will say this. Uh, you do not see Michael Myers until about 45 minutes into this movie. That's why I say this I felt was a good movie. It just wasn't a good Michael Myers Halloween movie. And for the way they promoted this, in all of the trailers leading up to this, all you saw was this huge fight scene between Michael Myers and Laurie Strode. They build this as the big final showdown between these two iconic characters. The The movie poster showed Michael and Laurie back-to-back. It looked like a, a buddy cop action comedy uh, post movie poster. It was it, it to me it was a little ridiculous and maybe really worried about this movie. But uh, but you don't get that. That is like the last I don't know 15 minutes of the movie you might see that and then uh, other than that you really don't get a ton of Michael Myers. I don't even know if this movie comes to a satisfying conclusion. I mean it comes to a conclusion, a definitive conclusion. Uh, I will give it that. Uh, they left no room for speculation and doubt there. It is a very definitive end to this story. I just don't know if I liked it because of the finality of it. Because these Halloween movies make money for uh, Malika Cod, and and I dare say they're not done with it. Uh, like his father, Mustafa uh, Akkad, you know, he, he liked Michael Myers because Michael Myers made him money. So I don't really know if this is the end. This is the end of the David Gordon Green trilogy of, of Michael Myers films. And it's the end of that timeline that goes from 78 to 18 to kills to ends. It's, it's the end of that story. But as we found out, there's a veritable cornucopia of different timelines and stories, uh, storylines throughout this. So maybe we pick up after six. Uh, I think that would be interesting. I think Halloween one, two, four, five, and six make an interesting story. It's not done perfectly by any stretch of the imagination. And there's a lot of things to, that could be cleaned up about that storyline, but that's a way you could go. They could pick up after H2O and Resurrection. I, I don't know. Or, or maybe do a complete reboot altogether. Just not have fucking Rob Zombie involved at all. Fucking things up with his psychobabble and his gritty realism and... 10 feet tall Michael Myers. But Michael Myers is in this eventually. Uh, like I said, I, I really can't say much about it without being too spoiler. So I am going to talk about this in the spoilery section. But if you haven't watched Halloween Ends and you're a fan of the Halloween franchise, if you watched 2018 and Halloween Kills, you really do need to see this. So go watch it. Like I said, it's a good movie. I just don't think it's a good Halloween or Michael Myers movie. And I'll explain what I mean by that in the more spoilery section. You, if you haven't seen it and you don't want anything spoiled any more than I've already spoiled it for you, go watch the movie and come back and listen to this. And I, I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, it. It may be divisive, but I can't imagine this movie would be any more divisive than Halloween Kills or Halloween 2018 or the Rob Zombie Halloween movies. So I, I actually think this one works to a degree. So of the three, 
This is probably my favorite of the David Gordon Green Halloweens. It was at least something different, which I thought that's what we were going to get in Halloween 2018. I thought we were going to get something different, and we just got a lot of the same in, in that and, and Halloween Kills. So the fact that this was something different, uh, they probably should have started this trilogy with this movie, but, but at least it was different, and it was interesting, and... Like I said, not a good end of the series. It would have been a better beginning to this trilogy. But that's where we are right now in 2022. So go watch the movie. And I'm going to talk some spoilery stuff right now. So like I said, one of the things that really it kind of annoyed me was the fact that, yeah, we didn't see Michael Myers until 45 minutes into this movie. Uh, we spent the whole time, and, and like I said, you needed that. So you cared about these characters. But you spent all this time with... Corey, Allison, and Laurie Strode, and Corey and Allison's uh, budding relationship. The moment that Laurie looks into Corey's eyes, and they kind of do the thing where she looks out the window, and he's standing like kind of half obscured by the hedges, half not a la Michael Myers from the first Halloween, the whole time kind of implying that he may be going mad. He's he's an intense kid. He's an intense character because he's been slowly driven crazy, really, from all these people terrorizing him, bullying him, treating him like the town pariah. And it's a situation where Lori... All of a sudden, first off, she's introducing Allison to Corey. And then just as quickly, she's saying she sees the same darkness in his eyes that Michael, that she saw in Michael Myers' eyes. And it just, it was all, it was just as abrupt as Corey and Allison falling in love and having this relationship just almost immediately. Another thing that really kind of annoyed me, outside of the fact that we wait 45 minutes until we see Michael Myers, is that he's been living in this sewer dungeon-y looking place. It almost felt a little bit like Resurrection. And I, I want to say there's a, one of the other movies he's kind of in living in the sewers or whatever. Uh, kind of in the, what is it, Halloween 5 at the beginning of that where he's been living with this old man, keep taking care of him. There's an old homeless man outside of this, this sewer where he's living. Uh, kind of light shades of those movies. Not huge, big objects. Obvious references, but definitely a reference. But he goes in and, or actually, I believe he's dragged in by Michael Myers. And Michael Myers has a confrontation with him. That scene in the sewers that you see in the trailer where the guys walk, Corey's walking by, Michael grabs him, and they're face to face. It's, there's a weird scene where Michael grabs Corey, and all of a sudden, it's like Michael Myers sees all the pain that Corey has been through, all the things that Corey has been through. And I don't know whether it's he sees Corey as a kindred spirit. He sees a darkness in him. It's very weird because this whole time we're being told Michael Myers is just an ordinary man, but then he does supernatural things. It's just, uh, it's like pick a lane for God's sake. I like supernatural Michael Myers. I don't want him to be like Jason where, you know, he's practically a zombie, but I like the supernatural. I like there being a supernatural element to it. That's why I, I liked the idea behind the curse of Thorn. I don't think it was 
executed very well in five and six, but I like the idea of it. There's some supernatural reason why he is this unstoppable, unkillable killing machine. But you have this thing where uh, it all of a sudden, I, I joked about Laurie and Michael being a buddy cop film, but it, it, it almost turned into a buddy killer film with Corey and Michael, where Corey's looking to Michael to teach him how to be a killer. And and then all of a sudden he starts killing people that have wronged him. And and therein are some pretty cool scenes. The scenes with the, the four bullies at the junkyard was ha- had some interesting kills. The scene with the doctor and the girl that Allison works with that got the promotion over her because she's banging the doctor, that had some some interesting things to it uh as far as quasi scares you know uh cory is trying to to be a killer and he gets locked out of the house and the the girl's inside there and then uh, she turns around and michael shows up to finish the job uh one thing i didn't like is the fact that they tried to recreate one of the most chilling scenes from halloween 78 the scene where michael stabs bob to the wall and and then he just kind of stands back and and almost admires his work or looks at it in an inquisitive way and kind of does that head tilt. Uh, they do that in this movie and it just didn't have the same effect because one, the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, I've seen this before. You've done this before. Why are you doing it again? It, it took me out of the moment and they just... It just didn't have the same effect. You know, I can watch 78's Halloween and that that scene with Bob and, and Michael stabbing him to the wall and kind of giving him that look still is chilling. It just didn't work with this one. I, I, I don't know what it is about it, uh, but it just didn't do it for me in, in this iteration. Maybe it's because it is a... It's a blatant knockoff. It's a blatant ripoff of something that was done in the original movie. And and you're spending all this time trying to do new things with this movie that should have been done in the first place if if that's the route you're going to go. And, and there again, it's just going back to the, hey, let's pay homage to this, this, and this from, from the other films, which this movie felt like it was getting away from. And then to have this right in the middle of it, it's just like, uh, okay, yeah, I get it. Another thing I, I really didn't like is the fact that Corey goes into Michael's sewer lair and essentially wrestles the mask off of Michael Myers and he starts to wear it. And he's wearing that when he kills the bullies in the junkyard. And he's wearing that when he has a, a confrontation with Laurie Strode. And I almost wondered if it was going to be kind of like a... I mean, the whole movie feels like a bait and switch because you watch the trailers and it is all Michael Myers, Laurie Showdown, and then we get the movie and the movie for, like I said, the first 45 minutes is nothing to do with Michael Myers and it's more about this kid that feels like is being groomed to become the next Michael Myers. And I thought for a second, maybe all of those fight scenes that we saw in the trailer were fight scenes between Laurie and Corey as the new Michael Myers. I thought they were going to do that. And then maybe Michael Myers shows up at the end. Uh, they didn't do that. Corey gets dispatched of pretty quick because Lori's got a fucking gun and she's not afraid to use it. And then you see Michael show up 
and take his mask back. And and then that's where we get that big showdown between Laurie and Michael Myers. And uh, for the whole five minutes of the film that it took up, uh, it, it was interesting. It was a it was a knockdown drag out fight. It was a, a good action piece for the movie. Could they have done something interesting where maybe Corey sees Allison and comes back to to the lights and becomes a good guy again and helps uh, take down Michael Myers? They could have done that. They didn't do that. Corey is done. And that was a little disappointing, felt a little lackluster. You know, you're, you feel like you're grooming him to be a new Michael Myers and then to just kill him off uh, without much fanfare just felt like a, a little bit of a letdown. But then Lori has this knockdown drag out with Michael and then subdues him pretty quickly. And they, and they really play off the fact that Michael's, Michael Myers is an old man now. Uh, even though he's still ridiculously strong, superhumanly strong at times, other times he he's wheezing and he's overtaken by a 20-something guy and overtaken by 60-some-year-old Jamie Lee Curtis. So it's, again, it's another instance where it's like, Pick a lane. Either he's human and he's 70-some years old and he's he's decrepit and old, or he's this big superhuman strength monster that that is portrayed at times. And I, I don't think they really knew what he, they wanted Michael Myers to be throughout this whole David Gordon Green Halloween trilogy. But Laurie subdues him, uh, stabs him to a cutting board or a butcher block countertop, slices his throat, slices his wrist. And then they end the movie with uh, essentially the town parading him tied to the roof of Laurie's car, parading him to the junkyard. And they put him into, did you ever see one of those big, like automotive crushers, not the kind that smash things, but the kind with the the teeth that like chew up engines, bits of metal and and things like that. Just, they're very brutal to watch. Uh, Well, they toss Michael in that and he gets uh, eviscerated. Essentially, we see his skull crush. Michael Myers is finally dead. Thank you, David Gordon Green. Fuck you. So ultimately, like I said, I... I did like this movie. I thought it was interesting. It was something different. It was the different movie that we kind of were expecting and were quasi-promised when we heard reports of John Carpenter saying that David Gordon Green and Danny McBride came to him and said they had an interesting idea for a new Halloween film. Uh, We were kind of promised something different, something new, and... When you looked at the bill of sales, uh, you didn't get what you paid for with Halloween 2018. You didn't get what you paid for with Halloween Kills. But you did get that with Halloween Ends. And and like I said, and I know other people have said it as well, that this really should have been the this should have been Halloween 2018. This should have been what kicked off and rebooted the franchise. If that's what you're gonna do, if you're gonna if you're gonna pick up as if nothing between Halloween one and now has happened, and you're just picking up 40 years later, let this be the story. You can still bring Michael back into it somehow. But let this be the story. Make it make it a little more interesting. Make it different. Make it something we haven't seen before. And, and not just a bunch of old references and Easter eggs to other films that you're saying never happened. Now, granted, I still don't like this as a Halloween movie. Because one, I 
when I see a Halloween movie, I want to see Michael Myers. I want Michael Myers to be the killer. Well, it was interesting to see Corey kind of going down that path of darkness, almost like he's being groomed to be the next Michael Myers. It almost felt like what they were doing with, and maybe an homage to what they were doing with Jamie Lloyd in Halloween 4 and 5, maybe kind of uh, setting her up to be the new Michael Myers, or what they were doing with the Danny character in Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers, where they're kind of uh, alluding to the fact that he may be groomed to be the next Michael Myers. What they were doing with Corey in this kind of felt akin to that. But ultimately, I I don't want to see a movie about... the serial killer Corey Cunningham. I want to see Michael Myers in the William Shatner mask, spray painted white. I don't know what you have to do to make that happen, but that's the movie I want to see. And maybe that's why they did what they did with Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills. I just don't think it was pulled off well. Yeah, you do want to see Michael Myers as the shape, but you got to do it better than that. You don't do a Halloween film, uh, especially the final one in the franchise, potentially. I mean, that's what they're kind of insinuating here with this ending where Michael Myers is dead and gone you're insinuating this is the end of the franchise and the end of michael myers and you don't have him in it but for like maybe 10 minutes of total screen time the only interaction michael and Lori have is literally that fight scene that's the first time those two get together and it's the last time those two get together and if this is supposed to be some big last final confrontation between michael and Lori, you expect it to be more like what happened in halloween 2018 where she's waiting for him and she's laying a trap for him this just this movie trilogy had a lot of interesting ideas it just was not again not executed well and not arranged very well at all it felt like David Gordon Gray and Danny McBride had a lot of really cool ideas for for a Halloween movie but they just didn't know how to put them all together in the right order. And that's what's so disappointing about this David Gordon Green Halloween trilogy, and that was what was kind of disappointing about this movie. Like I said, uh, as a standalone movie, as a a movie that doesn't have anything to do with Michael Myers, it's an interesting movie. Uh, The fact that it is Michael Myers and is Halloween and allegedly the last one, I don't like it because Michael Myers is barely even in it. So that's what I mean when I say I, I really like this movie, but it doesn't work for me as a Halloween movie. You spend enough time with the main characters that I cared about them, but ultimately, in the grand scheme of the movie, uh, I don't care about that movie if I'm being told this is a Michael Myers Halloween movie and Michael Myers is not is barely in it. The specter of him hangs over the town. Uh, the specter of him hangs over Haddonfield and Laurie Strode, but they only lean into that a little bit. And it's not even like he is even mentioned that much other than Laurie sees in Corey what she saw in Michael. And there's just little nods to Michael Myers, but you know, the the threat of Michael Myers does not hang over this town like it should in a Halloween movie. So that's uh, why I just have so many mixed emotions about this. Like I said, uh, as a movie, I thought it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed this movie more than I enjoyed Halloween 2018. Definitely more than I enjoyed Halloween Kills. I, I even hate saying that I like, enjoyed something more than I enjoyed that because I didn't enjoy Halloween Kills one fucking bit. I've never... 
I've never left a movie theater in the middle of the movie. I thought about it during that one. I didn't, but I left that movie theater after watching Halloween Kills. I stomped out of there and I was pissed off. I was pissed off that I wasted my money on that. I was pissed off at David Gordon Green. I was pissed off at the world at large. So to say that I like this more than than the other two in this trilogy uh, may not be saying much, but I did enjoy the film on its own merits. Just like I said, not as a Halloween movie, not as a Michael Myers movie. Even the Michael Myers movies... Uh, one, two, four, five, six. For as many problems as like four, five, and six have, uh, I still enjoy watching those. I can go back and I will watch those. I've watched all of those movies. One, two, four, five, six. And I'll add three in there because I love Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. But uh, those first six movies, I will go back and watch those repeatedly. Uh, I have over the past several decades. I've gone back to watch those again and again. I will probably not watch this one again. I may watch it one more time just to to see you know how I feel about it on a second viewing. But I, I don't care if I ever watch any of the David Gordon Green Halloween movies again. I just don't care. Much like I don't care if I ever watch the Rob Zombie Halloween movies. And I, I have. I've, I've watched those both once. And I was like, no, I, I'm not doing this again. Uh, I just didn't like that. And I, I only like the David Gordon Green Halloween movies slightly more than I, <laughs> I like the the Rob Zombie Halloween movies. So where do we go from here? You know, David Gordon Green's done with this. I don't know if Blumhouse is done or... Malika Cod, I don't know if he's done with Halloween. They're making it seem like Halloween's over. Jamie Lee Curtis and Nick Castle have both talked about this is the last time they're going to be in a Halloween movie. So yeah, maybe maybe we get a Halloween movie where Laurie Strode isn't featured in it. I, I don't know. Uh, do you reboot the series from from the start? Uh, if you do that, you got to do it right. You can't do it like Rob Zombie did. Do they go off the line? Of course, Laurie Strode is writing a book throughout Halloween Ends, uh, you know, telling her tale and her involvement with Michael Myers and the trauma she went through. And at the very end of this book and in the voiceover at the end of the movie, uh, we see the Michael Myers mask sitting on a coffee table in her living room. And she says, the evil doesn't die. It just changes shape. Uh, an allusion to the shape and uh, are they going to do something where the next Halloween uh, has a Michael Myers, the shape type character, but it's not Michael Myers. That would be disappointing to me. That wouldn't be Halloween. I, I don't know what you do from here. If the franchise is ever going to uh, pick back up again or continue in any way, shape, or form. I don't know how you do it at this point with so many different timelines, with so many different continuity uh, trails. I, I just don't know how you do it, but there's always a way. And when when money's involved in Hollywood, even if there's not a way, they'll make a way. I don't know if I can do that. I, I love this franchise, but I don't know if I can go through a another shitty reboot because we've had a lot of shitty reboots, uh, a lot of mediocre reboots in this franchise so far that I just... I I don't want the franchise diluted even more than it's already been. So where do they go from here? I, I'm not really sure. I mean, this is, I, you know, I kind of added some, some speculation, but this is the last Blumhouse 
uh, Halloween film uh, rights revert back to Malika Cod. Uh, so, you know, he could continue this in, in some other form or fashion. I, I know there's been talk about maybe doing a sequel to Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. I, I think that would be interesting. Uh, they could take this series because the, the series was originally conceived. Uh, you know, John Carpenter made Halloween and then thought, you know, if they're going to do sequels to make it an anthology film series where each Halloween film is a different standalone story. They ended up doing Halloween 2 and kind of threw that out the window, uh, even though they did do that with Halloween 3, but they didn't, you know, it didn't do well at the box office because Michael Myers wasn't it, so they bring him back. Uh, I, I think, I, I don't know if that kind of a series works because Michael Myers is so ingrained in people's mind as the face of Halloween, the Halloween movies. Uh, so yeah, I, I just don't know what they do. Uh, I am excited to see if they do a sequel to Season of the Witch. That to me would be interesting. Uh, I think we still have that to look forward to because I think uh, Blumhouse has talked about, Jason Blum has talked about that, uh, wanting to to do that film. So I think we may see that. But as far as Michael Myers, Laurie Strode, uh, I, I don't know what the future holds. And there's really not a lot of talk out there about it, which eh, that makes sense. You're not going to want to say that, hey, we've got more movies planned if we've just told you that this is the end of the franchise. So it will be interesting to see how it all pans out and how it all plays out over the coming uh, weeks, months, and, and maybe even years. But uh, money always talks in Hollywood. And money has always spoken to the Akkad family. And that's why we have uh, so many Halloweens when the, the franchise, uh, at least according to John Carpenter, probably should have ended with the first uh, Halloween movie. But in spite of all the continuity disparities and all the all the things wrong with the Halloween franchise, uh, I do love Michael Myers. I do love Laurie Strode. I do love the essence of this film franchise. And, and maybe, maybe one of these days I'll do, you know, I talked about the, the franchise up into the, I don't know, it was Halloween 2018. It must have been Halloween Kills because I was doing the, the podcast at that point. But um, I, I talked about like a retrospective on the, the film franchise. Maybe I'll do something a little more depth sometime in the future and, and talk about the movies individually and what I liked and didn't like about them. Uh, maybe do a little more in-depth retrospective on the franchise if if the opportunity uh, presents itself. But until then, I'm going to go enjoy some of the classic Halloween movies and... Uh, you should as well, and and give this one a shot. It's it's if you haven't watched it, it's the last in this David Gordon Green franchise, and probably as far as movies go, the better movie of the David Gordon Green Halloween trilogy. So I want to thank everyone for listening to my thoughts on uh, Halloween ends. Uh, thanks for listening. Check out more on Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop's Facebook page. We're adding trailers to the latest movies and series. Uh, we're adding articles from all over the internet to add my two cents. And no matter where you're listening to this podcast, please uh, follow it, subscribe to it, like it, share it with anyone you know that loves horror, fantasy, and science fiction. Uh, leave a review. Five stars would be awesome, but whatever review you leave, it is certainly appreciated. So until next time. Thank you for visiting Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. We hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. 
But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Ha 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 ha!